So something God has been growing into me is the ability to bring others in and not stress out <laughs> when they come in. <laughs> so I want to have people over and I want to invite them in and feed them. But sometimes I think I get lost in trying to make it perfect or I try to, you know, minimize the mess uh, so I don't have to stress. I'm not trying to be all <laughs> rhymey there. But this is uh, a weekly lesson we've had to really Yeah, God has been gracious. Yes. As we've mentioned on the pod- podcast in recent episodes, our church gathering has been taking place in mm-hmm. our space. Yeah. <laughs> in our home. And it's uh, good. It's wonderful. I love it. But it's also... It's a holy I, burden. have struggled. Yeah, we've had some struggles. Because of, because of this stress that you feel around people coming into right. our house and wanting to make it perfect. And we've had to part, talk, part, yeah. talk through part that. Part of that is bit. my own like pride right. and how I view hospitality, which we're going to talk about a little bit today. Uh, and part of it is, you know, it is a holy burden, I think, to yeah. bring people in. And yeah. it's good. And God is just growing us in that. So... We are excited to discuss how to bring people into your home and not only feed their bellies, but feed their souls. So we will see you on the other side. Welcome to the Fierce Marriage Podcast, where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and refuses to give in. Here we'll share openly and honestly about all things marriage, sex, communication, finances, priorities, purpose, and everything in between. Laugh, ponder, and join in on candid, gospel-centered conversations. This is Fierce Marriage. Video people, we see you in the same spot. <laughs> yeah, well, people, we are, uh, yeah. If you're listening to this, we are also trying to record video and see how it not goes. Not trying, Selena. Sorry, we are. There's no try. There's no trying There's in do video. do or do not. Yes, As video is record or not. Yoda once said. <laughs> yeah, so we are... Um, Listeners, we're going to be on YouTube, the YouTube, we're you, YouTubing oh. it, and the way we're doing that is there's going to be a completely new channel, actually it's, we're taking our Fierce Marriage channel, you know what, I'm going to hold that, I'm going to hold that announcement for maybe a little bit later, I don't know, should I say it now? It's up to you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you are the decision maker. So we... I follow you blindly. <laughs> okay. Uh, we'll say it later. Stay tuned. <laughs> But look for us on YouTube. <laughs> uh, it's not going to be the same fierce marriage, fierce parenting. It's going to be slightly different. And I'm excited about what the Lord is doing. So anyway. We'll tell you when the time is right. Yeah, probably next week. But we're recording on video <laughs> and on the podcast. So yeah. we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. So if you haven't done it yet, please do take a minute to rate and review this podcast. Uh, thank you so much if you've already done that. Also, our patrons. Mm. Man, uh, we posted a video in our Patreon Patreon community. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, to find out more about that, go to fiercemarriage.com slash partner. And I was just, within minutes, I was so blown away at the support because uh, we basically just shared in over 15 minutes of a long video uh, talking through some of the stuff that God's been doing in our hearts and in our mm-hmm. minds and in, 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 in the ministry that is Fierce Marriage. Anyway, I was just so thankful for that. So patrons, thank you so much <laughs> for your... Ah, oh, your support. It just means so much to us. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to be a part of that community, you can go to fiercemarriage.com slash partner. See some options there. There's goodies. Some Lots goody of goodies. goodies. Yes. Books and maybe even some some rings. Maybe. Maybe, maybe. even some access to yes. the world's foremost gospel-centered <laughs> marriage 
learning ecosystem. <laughs> Gospelcenteredmarriage.com. Anyway, uh, fiercemarriage.com slash partner. Okay, so uh, we're in this series, and I just want to kind of recenter us on the series that we're in because it does start to feel nebulous, even to us as we're planning. You know, the series is the home. And one of the reasons we did this is because in our own lives, we've been really thinking through the spaces and places that that make up the homes of Christian couples. Mm-hmm. And, and what are the implications of that space and that place in someone's life? Uh, we've been thinking through that personally, but it's also because of when we're, when we're recording this, we're headed right into the holidays. And so it's really helpful for me <laughs> to calibrate my heart because uh, I, I'm, I'm a bit of a, I, I love Christmas, <laughs> but I don't love everything that comes with Christmas. Does that make sense? Like all of the, I love, I love Christmas and my family, <laughs> but all the extra stuff really stresses me out. And so I have to really think, hey, it's not just about Ryan. It's not just about what I want. It's about, about Jesus's birthday, but well, is it though? It should be, but is it though? I feel like there's a lot of extra stuff that's been tacked on there sometimes. Um, so anyway, it's really helpful for my heart to think. Okay, this home of ours mm. is so much more than just a building. It's so much more than just right. a place where we sleep or we crash out or we you know keep our toys. <laughs> yes, it's a place where uh, <laughs> where eternal moments unfold. Yes, in, in a way. And, yes, and so there's opportunities there as a couple. As a married couple, for us to be on mission with one another, mm-hmm. loving one another in that space, but then also uh, recognizing the, the purpose purpose of that space yeah. in the kingdom of God. So, so just some questions to get you guys thinking out there about this week. So, uh, uh, the first episode of this month talked about missional moments. So, kind of the spaces in between when mm-hmm. you're in transition. Um, how are you making the most of of those moments in terms of growing in the things of God and connecting with mm-hmm. one another? Uh, last week we talked about the makeup of a home, um, not necessarily the structure of the home, but what are the things that are in your home reflecting? What are the conversations that you're having when other people are over? What are those reflective of? Uh, are we, (laughs) you know, overly concerned with what things look like and less concerned about the souls of our, that are in our home or, you know vice versa. So how are we kind of the makeup of the home, the pieces? So this next or today, not next week, but today, uh, we're going to talk about kind of how we can be uh, stewards of of the home by bringing people in. Uh, So we've kind of focused on the space of the home, the relationships within the home, and now we're going to talk about bringing others into this space. I love it. And how we can feed them, you know, not just physically, but spiritually. We talked about, you know, feeding their souls and feeding their bellies, (laughs) Uh, which usually go hand in hand, or they should, I guess. So, uh, three questions we want to talk about and we want to ask you today. So, Christ, how is Jesus our sufficiency? Excuse me, I will start that again. How is Jesus our (laughs) sufficiency and model for hospitality? Mm. All right, I'm going to go through the three questions and then we'll kind of unpack each one. But how is Christ our sufficiency and model for hospitality? Second, uh, is your home a place that welcomes and invites the unbeliever? the refugee, or the neighbor you don't really know. Third, is your home a regular place of gathering and blessing for the body of Christ? If so, how? (laughs) If not, how can you as a couple begin establishing that rhythm in your home? Wow. Okay. So power-packed questions. Power-packed questions, yes. We don't want to just live in a a home that 
invites people over and we're just sitting here in tension within our marriage, right? And just trying to like maintain a conflict-free, unrealistic home. You know, mm-hmm. we don't fight. We don't, uh, we don't leave our clothes on the ground. We don't have messes in our homes. Uh, we are perfect, right? <laughs> that is absolutely not the case. So talking about hospitality as well as just being a blessing by sharing what we have, right? It's, it doesn't have to be perfect. I'm speaking to myself. Um, <laughs> So again, we're hoping to unpack these questions a little bit more. I think you and I, just as a sidebar, we're, we're a bit on the opposite ends of the spectrum. You tend to want things to be very neat and tidy and perfect. Not for me necessarily. It is for me in, a, in the fact that like my head and heart feel better when there's a little bit more order in my own home. I, I can go to anybody's home and there can be chaos. It doesn't bother me one bit. But in my own home, yeah. I want there to be some sort of order. Uh, and a bit of peace so that I feel like we can offer that as a safe place for others. However, that is not always the case when you have young children. So that's you. And that's okay. From my perspective, I want it to be, you know, I I don't really care what state the house is in unless there's some reason to impress this person. I don't know those people. (laughs) I don't know. Like, and so I, I tend to be more of the, you know, you know, here I am. Like, take me, take, take me as I am. My blood is red, yeah. that sort of thing. Um, but that's yeah. So that, I don't know. So I, that's a tension that we fight because you're you'll be getting things cleaned up. Well, and, and ready I'm, you know to bring people into the home, and I'm thinking no one's going to care that this is right. The case. And it's and they just probably they might they might not. I think it's just disarming uh, for people when they can see the mess that's kind of in your space. Uh, so I don't want any of my friends to be like, oh, great. I have to like clean my house every time the Fredericks come over. Like, that's not at all what I'm saying. No, no, no. I love, I love the, I love the, what's the word? The evidence of life being oh, lived. I love the evidence of life being lived. Yeah. Um, and I do love it in my home only until about four 30 when it's time to clean up. <laughs> because I'm, I forget people come over to our house and we have our, our dining room table or kitchen table. They're one and the same is white like kind of what, what would you call that kind of a cream a, like a shabby white. chic yeah. sort of i don't <laughs> yeah. know that's Farmhouse like shabby chic <laughs> it's more shabby less chic <laughs> and i mean it has the evidence of life yeah the kids have colored glue uh, paint we bought it from a lady who had like refinished it's it like the paint is rubbing off and for some yeah. reason i got white and when we had like a toddler and a newborn <laughs> It's an awesome table. It's a great table. And like the, the seat cushions were re- reupholstered, recovered, yeah. and like the, the fabric is tearing. And yeah. people come There's over and like, hey, everywhere. welcome to our house. Yeah. And I just forget, <laughs> like, this is not a normal thing if you don't have kids. <laughs> Your table is completely just shows this. I love how you said it, the evidence of life. And it's, I kind of have to remember it. And then I bring them in and say, hey, this is, this is where we live our lives. And so you're yeah. seeing these marks and just know that they're there. And we love the scratches and the paint. And I and think the that's the key is just really inviting people into the shabby, yeah. right? Into your your mess in your life. I had a really good friend in California who always did that. Uh, she would always just invite me over and cook me lunch with her kids. And like, it was it. before we had kids and just let me spend the whole morning with her. And, and we would talk and we would, we were young life leaders together and uh, it would just minister to my soul on a deep level. And I think it, it was very transformative for me when I did step into motherhood that like, I don't have to have it all together. And we as a couple don't have to have it all together. We can very much live for God on display in our home uh, with some decorum and with some transparency. I think hmm. that is very God honoring. So uh, let's look at Christ and let's go to the, the scriptures and talk about how he is our sufficiency uh, for what we would call hospitality and how he is also our model uh, in scriptures. It's 
it's not about us, right? It is, but it's not. It's not about what we have, uh, but it's very much about us. And so, or about him, excuse me. So, Jesus feeding the 5,000 to 7,000. There's there's a few different accounts that we see uh, here. In We see it in Matthew 14, 15, Mark. I don't know if they're all different accounts because there's like 4,000, 5,000. I don't know if they did a head count or just like, and those were the men usually. Yeah. Um, but in, I mean, we can just pick one. In, in Matthew 15, when he's feeding the 5,000 or the 4,000 here, Jesus says, Uh, Verse 32, I have compassion on the crowd because they have been with me now three days and have nothing to eat. And I'm unwilling to send them away hungry lest they faint on the way. So this is really telling because um, if I remember right, it's been a while since I've read these passages, but Jesus goes about feeding this crowd miraculously. Well, yeah, because you got the disciples that are like, he, Jesus is saying, here's the need. And the disciples are like, how are we going to feed all these people? Which is usually where I stand. I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to feed all these people. Yeah, if I remember right, but, like he, he fed the 5,000. Yeah. And they said, how are we going to do it? They said, oh, go to this boy. He's got the loaves and the fish. And the, he, he breaks, you know, and, and he has enough for everyone and, and leftovers for the disciples. And all their minds are blown, right? Mm-hmm. And then like the next chapter, <laughs> they're going about it again. And Jesus is like, oh, we need to feed these people. I have compassion on these people that are now with me now, now the 4,000. And the disciples are like, where are we going to get food? <laughs> they literally say, they literally, and the disciples said to him, where are we to get enough bread in such a desolate place to feed so great a crowd? And Jesus said to them, how many loaves do you have? They said seven and a few small fish. And directing the crowd to sit down on the ground, he took seven loaves and the fish. And having given thanks, he broke them and gave them to, mm. to the disciples. And the disciples gave them to the crowd. And they were all satisfied. And they took up seven baskets full of the broken pieces left over. Yeah, I don't want to gloss over that. And they ate and were satisfied. Jesus is the factor here, though. He is this. I just uh, can we just pause for a minute <laughs> and just think through. Uh, thank, thank, thankfully, our Savior is patient and loving and long suffering because you have these disciples that are like, listen, we were just at there at when the you did this, <laughs> but for some reason, we think that you probably couldn't do it again. Well, like, and we're looking at the Son of God. Like we are, we believe that He is who He says He is. Which is but why, God, we've got grocery issues. <laughs> like, so I don't want to gloss over that. But think of the implications of this real quick for for our faith, right? The messianic uh, person that Christ was, the, the, that his own disciples, and even Matthew in this case, who is who is writing down kind of the accounts of these, mm-hmm. they weren't just yes men or like these. Uh, what what what, do you, what what are they called? Like. This, these Minions loud that kind you of, send out? Oh. <laughs> yeah, they weren't just mindless yeah. ch- people who would just cheer, right? Yeah. And just say, yeah, anything you say and do, yeah. You know, and you think, well, that'd be great because they, they would have more faith in that case. But these guys were filled with doubt. They were filled with um, just ignorance. They were filled with um, <laughs> the inability to grasp right? the yeah. truth of who, who Christ was or who Jesus was. And you don't see this fabricated account Mm-mm. of like, and the men had faith because they knew he was the savior and the savior did what the savior does. Right. And then I'm writing this story and the men were even more faithful <laughs> because I'm writing it and I want them to seem more faithful. No, Matthew's like, listen, these guys were filled with doubt. And yet the point is not them. The point is that Christ comes and, and fills all, all the gaps. Yep. And, and he, not only- he bridges all those divides between right. us, between our unbelief and, and our faith. And then he sends the Holy Spirit to then help us believe. And so the implications of this on us as couples, 
wondering how are God, how are you going to use our meager loaves, mm. our meager fish to feed your people, to feed the hungry among us? Mm-hmm. And of course, that's not, that's literal, but it's also metaphorical. How are you going to use our station, right. the Fredericks, or you fierce couple, to minister and do the profound work that God is doing, right? Mm-hmm. And, and the, the point is that Christ is the one who does that work. He is the one who multiplies. And we're literally just distributing baskets of his goodness. Yes. <laughs> and yes. we ourselves are satisfied yes. in the process. Yes. Uh, I love that. So Again, Christ is our sufficiency for the possible conversations mm. that might feel awkward with people we know or don't know, right? He is our sufficiency for food. I mean, materialistically thinking, you know, I was talking to my friend Mary and she was talking about this book, The Gospel Comes with a House Key. And she was talking about how hospitality and feeding people, like it, it can come with this pressure of everything has to be perfect. We have to have enough food for everybody. She's like, or it can just be a blessing and be like, I'm making soup and I've got enough, I think, but what I have, I'll share with you. Like, mm. it doesn't always have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be perfect. I think she would argue that uh, resting in Christ's sufficiency for us can be enough for others. The fact that we're opening our home as a yeah. couple, uh, I think, shows that we're we're unafraid uh, to share, even in kind of the, if we're struggling as a couple, I think, again, bringing right. others in, not just missionally, but also to come alongside us, too, I think is, is one piece yeah. that I don't want to gloss over. I I love it how Jesus takes time. He's he spent these days preaching and mm-hmm. and basically showing the people. And I know I wish we could see and hear kind of trans, read transcripts or hear him speak. Obviously, in those moments that Matthew leaves out, like the three days when mm-hmm. he was ministering to the crowds, he's spending all that time convincing them of himself. Mm-hmm. Like I am fulfilling all of these you know prophecies. I am the Savior. I am here to do what I came to do. But then he stops and says, wait, it's not just about the the word that I'm proclaiming here. He said, there's some actual needs. And he's, he, he pauses to meet them in their physiological need because mm. he himself had taken on physiological need as, mm-hmm. as a human. Yeah. And, and so for us, sometimes we can, especially if you, you have a ministry minded household, it can be tempting to only want to meet people's spiritual, emotional, psychological needs, meaning that come over, We'll counsel you, call me, I'll give you some advice, and we'll kind of keep you a little bit at arm's length. But there's something to be said yeah. by bringing people into the fold of your household mm-hmm. and saying, like, yes, welcome to our shabby table with all of our food. <laughs> welcome to the evidence of our life. Yes. For better or worse. Uh-huh. And, you know, and, and again, I like how you said this earlier. You said even there's still some decorum there, meaning that you want to treat people with dignity when they're in your home. <laughs> You don't want to have a manners are a thing. You don't want to have know, like a massive, really awkward fight. Like, <laughs> like try to have some decorum with, without lying to yourself or lying to them. Right. But meeting their physiological need, bringing them in, feeding them is such a beautiful thing. Right. Jesus as our model and sufficiency uh, in terms of our home and in terms of the people that we're bringing in, uh, he models this without hesitation. Mm. You know, you see him reaching out to the lepers, to the outcasts. Uh, healing the rejected on the Sabbath, right? And uh, coming to fulfill the Sabbath. And we also see Jesus in Matthew 19. We've got a lot of Matthew in the scriptures today. <laughs> um, verse 13, him having him inviting the children to come to mm. him. 
He says, Then children were brought to him that he might lay his hands on them and pray. The disciples rebuked the people, but Jesus said, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them and went away. Mm. So he is inviting the children, which I feel like when we're being hospitable sometimes, we're like, yeah, kids, go play, go play, right? Instead of, and always trying to like work hard to just kind of like go do something else so that the adults can talk. And there's a time and place, right? Mm. Depending on what the content of your conversation is. But yeah. for the most part, we should be including our kids uh, in in the conversations at the table in being hospitable with others and letting others hear kind of the awkwardness of what it is to be a parent. I think we kind of buy into the lie that other kids are not like our kids. Like our kids are so, you know, this, that, or the other, fill in the blank, and other kids aren't like this. No, every kid has just got its quirks, their quirks and their weird nuances, mm. and we are all just kind of like in this mess trying to parent and by God's grace create some figure of an adult that can function for God's glory in society, right? So what I see here, I do see that piece where God is bringing in, Jesus is bringing in the kids, and that's what you're kind of honing in on. I also see a piece where Christ wasn't concerned with Mm -hmm. the cultural socioeconomic strata. Mm -hmm. Like, because these kids were like, in terms of the socioeconomic you know, Divides levels, and levels yeah. they were at the very bottom. Yeah. They are most pure, likely they're pure yeah, liability. Sure. They're, you know, they're kids. So they're, they're loud. They're probably, they don't know much. They're not strong. They, they, yeah. they don't know the law yet. They're not, well, and then Jesus you have the wasn't, Pharisees, you have the disciples. Then you have the disciples were still like a, a level b- below the Pharisees. Right. right. And then and you it, have the officials. Go ahead. Sorry. Jesus wasn't in like a palace. He wasn't at Anywhere right. he was out in the crowds, so that indicates so he, to us where he was and the people that followed him. And the value Jesus puts in the people he ministers to mm. is always based on them being made in the image of God. It's mm-hmm. not based on their socioeconomic yeah. state. So good. And so we can, we can bring sometimes we bring people into our homes because it's advantageous to us mm. because they would uh, they would somehow bring value to our mm. our life because you know. Uh, you name the reason, right? They could be important people. They could be wealthy. They could be whatever we value. Yeah. And there's it's that some of that's okay. Like it's fine to to want to honor someone of uh, of status. It, but I think the, the point is that they are not more valuable, right? But because of that status, and so we right. this roots us is what I'm trying to say is it doesn't matter who they are. When I was talking to a friend recently, and they're talking about how they got invited to some kind of behind closed doors, like big wig meeting with people of insane net worth, like insane, mm-hmm. not just six, seven figures, but like eight figure, <laughs> like nine figure yes. net worth. And these people, they kind of, they carry themselves with a different kind of air of confidence. And, <laughs> and my buddy was just kind of laughing. Cause he's like, I just don't care about any of that stuff. He's like, this is why I don't get invited to this stuff because I don't play by the, those, those rules. You, if if you're a you know a, a human being, I value you because of who God says you are. I'm not going to just you know bend the knee because you happen to have more zeros in your bank account. Right. I love that. So yeah. take that attitude now into the home. Mm-hmm. And who are we bringing in? Yeah. Uh, and how are we how, not not? I guess bringing in is part of it, but how are we treating them once they're in there? Yeah. And that's such yeah. an opportunity that's to a good question. And we can talk about that at length. I don't think we need to. I think that all kind of goes without saying. But the part I want to hone in on here is as husband and wife, 
how we can, before any of this happens, mm-hmm. this can become part of our DNA as a couple. Yeah. To say, look at our Savior. Look at how he has brought us into that fold. Mm-hmm. Now, how can we be in unity in letting our home facilitate that same sort of ministry? Yeah, absolutely. Which leads us into, you know, this this second point that we've been talking about of, of bringing others in. And, uh, you know, there's there's always been kind of a refugee uh, crisis. I mean, America is made a, a cre- that has, is a refugee country. I feel like we're just a, a mod podge of history, uh, different cultures, and they're blending together. They're coming together, um, and that can be. I think that can challenge people, especially you know, um, kind of our attitudes and motivations of the heart. Are we being closed-fisted because maybe we're scared or we're nervous? And I think there's a quote in uh, this book, "The Gospel Comes with a House Key" by Rosaria Butterfield, uh, where she kind of addresses uh, this in a really bold way. So. Um, talking about like feeding, you know, the people and the, there's a global humanitarian crisis, right? Uh, she says, is it safe to get involved? Are refugees terrorists? Is it responsible to use the Bible to guide our actions? These are hard and good questions, but one thing is clear. Desperate people do desperate things. Christians are not called to be desperate people, even in desperate times. Mm. The Psalms bear witness to this. Christians are called to do God's work in desperate times. Mm. I'm going to go a little bit further because I think it just really pushes this point home. It is deadly to ignore biblical teaching about serving the stranger, deadly to the people who desperately need help, and deadly to anyone who claims Christ as king. Membership in the kingdom of God is intimately linked to the practice of hospitality in this life. Hospitality is the ground zero of of the Christian life, biblically biblically speaking. More crucial question for the Bible believing Christian is this Is it safe to fail to get involved? Jesus says, I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Again, we see this in Matthew 25, uh, verse 35 and 36. Um, so she, she ends with this question, uh, which was by another source is our lack of care for the refugee or the stranger an innocent lack of opportunity, or is it a form of willful violence? Is it a reasonable act of self-preservation or is it obdurate sin? Is it Uh, what sin? Obdurate. Uh, I don't know what that word is. I don't know what that word is. I'm going to say overt. (laughs) 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 She's smarter than us. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So we, what was the beginning of that quote? Because I, the part about uh, desperate Christians. Christians are not called to be desperate people, even in desperate times. Oh man! So again, this is so calibrated because if we don't, if if we don't live that out, mm. it's very, very telling. If we are, if we are living desperately for anything desperate, being desperate for anything other than more of God Himself, mm-hmm. it has it says a world about what we actually believe to be mm-hmm. true, what we actually value, what we actually think truth is, who we actually think is running the show. Right. And so I, I that's a heart check for me. As a couple, I think this is where conflicts can kind of come into our conversation. Maybe one of you cares more about having strangers in and maybe some of you are a little more introverted and are like, I'm okay with not having people that I don't know very well come into my home. And I think, yes, there's a level of wisdom and discernment that goes along with that. But the question is, what's the, what's the bent of your heart? What's the default of, man, I've, you know, we've met this guy twice at church and he seems kind of lonely. doesn't seem like he has much family. Like, are you inviting him over or not? You know, it's kind of that, like, 
let's put our money where our mouth is. If we are believers and call Christ our King, like we don't have to live in these desperate times of preserving ourselves, right? We, in those desperate times, she said, we are doing the work of Christ. We're doing the work of God without fear. Um, One of the things we talked about on the Fierce Parenting Podcast, by the way, if you haven't checked out the Fierce Parenting Podcast, go check (laughs) it out. I think we have some really interesting conversations over there. Uh, You kind of hear us weaving in parenting stuff here. It's hard not to. Um, One of the things we talked about over there was setting aside a night every week Mm -hmm. so that your kids could open, have an open invite to anyone. They, you know, one person per kid, (laughs) like on that Tuesday night, right? So say you have two or three kids, you could potentially have two or three extra kids visitors in your home. (laughs) Yeah. And having that be like, listen, we talked about our fictitious child, Johnny, (laughs) how you could say, Hey Johnny, whoever you want to invite Tuesday nights, it's a free for all. Just invite, you can invite any one person. And that's how, how that kind of brings your kids into that missional work Mm -hmm. of the home. And so think about what if as a couple, we did the same thing. What if we said, listen, there's going to be people that come across our path. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're going to be maybe at work, at church, even in the grocery store. Yeah. And every other Tuesday night will be our night when it's, it's an open, you know, use your discernment, use wisdom, you know, uh, but invite people in Mm -hmm. specifically as the Holy Spirit leads. And as you're going about your day, be on, on yellow alert where you are (laughs) looking around. You're not just thinking about just yourself, just your own business, just your own Mm -hmm. stuff you're doing. But instead you're saying who, where is God leading me in this moment right now? And you know, if you see somebody on the side of the road is God, am I called to stop and talk to that person? This is radical stuff. It is. It is. And you know, we just moved a couple months ago, like we said, and we are just getting to know more of our neighbors. They're super friendly. Um, some of them I don't know super well, but I'm getting to know them. Uh, baking cookies and bringing goods over to them opens any door I found. (laughs) So we've been trying to, uh, kind of pave the path to open our door to invite people over you know everybody feels different about being in people's houses especially now with uh, the pandemic and things happening in our world today but I think overall we can always take food to someone and we can always kind of stand on their doorstep and and introduce ourselves and chat for a little bit and when the weather's nice I mean eat outside there's lots of we miss that here in the northwest it is literally pouring down rain right now (laughs) it is it has to be there has to be relationship there though because I've swung far in the other direction where I'll, I'll have just met somebody and I'm like, Hey, yeah, come on over for dinner. <laughs> and they're like, Whoa, buddy. Yeah. You know, I don't even know you. I don't want to go into your, I think you can start <laughs> at a level. That's what I'm saying. You can start at a level of like, Hey, like you can bring them some candy, not candy, bring them some cookies. Right. Or you can I say, got, I got these Skittles. or you can say <laughs> our friends, uh, Jess and Jake were really good at this. They were, they yeah. would always say, Hey, are. we're g- They're very, yes. <laughs> Uh, they're, they're always good about inviting somebody over, but even, I think inviting people to a group of people can be more helpful too, instead of just one family to one family. But Hey, we're having a few families over this night. We'd love if you guys came by, you could even just drop by, just making it really easy and short and functional for everyone. Uh, because I guarantee once people kind of get in the door, uh, their guards typically will go down once they start having conversations with each other. Again, we start seeing the image of God within uh, those people, we start valuing them. They start valuing us. There's just there's a lot to be had in terms of having just honest conversations and struggles with with each other and being okay to endure the uh, the awkward, right, <laughs> and walk yeah. through it. This is why I love the uh, the, the the Great Commission. Mm. If you view it as as a Jesus has thrown this rock into the 
the river of eternity (laughs) (laughs) and that rock of the gospel, the, the work that he completed on the cross radiates outward. And as that same rock is, has make making waves in our own hearts, that affections, those affections radiate outward and that great commission is first and foremost fulfilled mm-hmm. by our, by us discipling those closest to us, one another in marriage. Hey, fierce marriage. There you go. <laughs> our children. Oh, fierce parenting. Look at, that. Look at that. And we're talking about how does it radiate even like literally outward from your house mm-hmm. into the lives of your physical neighbors. I think so often with social media and stuff, we have this weird convoluted sense of relationship. We mm-hmm. think that because we have a thousand friends on Facebook, we actually have a thousand friends. If you talk to somebody, no one's going to say, I have a thousand close friends. No one's <laughs> going to say that. But and no one would say that overtly, but we believe that yeah, covertly we, in our hearts. Yeah. And we start, to, we start to have this superficial sense of, oh, we're friends, but I don't actually share meals with you. We don't, have, we don't talk about anything other than the weather and traffic and mm. stuff that's bugging us about work. Um, and I, I don't even know the names of your kids. I, you know, that's not a friendship. That's yeah. something, but it's not a friendship. It's, just an, it's an acquaintance. It's an acquaintance. Yeah. So what I love about what you're saying, Selena, is that if we focus in on our actual neighbors, mm-hmm. our, our actual neighbors. Geographic neighbors. There's only a few of those people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're only going to connect with a few of them anyway, because just that's just how life is. Yeah. You can't connect with everyone all the time. So you find those few families that you have some affinity with, that you have some things in common. Maybe you just hit it off, or maybe there's a special need there that you can help meet. And you just pray for the Lord to give you opportunities mm-hmm. to bring those people in. You don't need to invite the guy from across the street or across town, rather. Across the street. Yes, you do. Yes. <laughs> but from across town, I mean, or every single, we have a lot of homeless people in in our area. And I always struggle with, you know, they're, they're asking for food and money. And I, I have food and money. I should give some of my food and money to them. <laughs> and I, I, I've talked to friends who run the food banks and stuff. They said, no, don't give them any money they say don't that's not how you can love them well you can mm-hmm. give them food but usually they have more than enough food anyway what they need is help and i'm realizing that there are ministries that focus on that and so you're having to find like what is god calling me to do deep ministry yeah and it's not just throwing a you know two dollars at somebody or you know i heard a friend of mine she said that she wanted to go to all the thrift stores and buy up the cheap bibles that people just donate right and put like two dollars in them and then hand them to a homeless person and say there's there's a little bit of money in here, but you have to find it and like make them read through just it. Just turn it over and just flip the pages. I know, the just comes uh, but out. I just thought it was kind of a creative way to hopefully <laughs> you, share you the gospel. Tape it in there or just, or say there's money in there. Say there's, there's two $100 bills in there. You have to find them, give them the Bible. And then there's no money in there. <laughs> How terrible <laughs> is that? Okay. Well, kind of, kind of shoots your message. Let's, in the foot it really does. It really does. I'm glad you thought that through. So, Um, is our home a place let's just revisit this question is our home a place that welcomes and invites the unbeliever uh, Mm. the refugee the outcast or the neighbor that you don't really know that well Um, because I think it's just it can be a struggle for us especially as a couple if somebody's more the inviter and the other one's not or um, one somebody feels more conviction about being okay with I don't know strangers and <laughs> the other one's not or or you maybe you both feel really excited to have people in your house that you don't always know and maybe you're just coming on too strong I don't know it's it there can be good conversations to be had about yeah. making our place our our um, home a place that is welcoming even in the midst of our own 
struggles because you're not going to get your marriage perfect and then be like, okay, now we can have people over. No, even in the midst, I mean, we're going to have conflict no matter who comes over. So how are we able to kind of live transparently into that? So I'm going to take a little bit of a detour here and this is a hot, I'm sorry, but we're, what we're talking about here is not just rudimentary believer stuff. What I mean by that is like, I have the sense, okay, so we, we work a lot with, with couples, obviously, and pornography is something that continues to be a problem. Hmm. But you get the sense that the couple, the, the, the husband or the wife or the couple that's constantly dealing with things like habitual sin, pornography, sure. habitual, habitual uh, addiction, addiction or even alcohol or drugs. toxic behavior within their own marriage, manipulation, yeah. communication, brokenness, mm-hmm. em- emotional immaturity. Yeah. Couples that are dealing constantly with that kind of stuff yeah. tragically never get to this level of, of ministering alongside one another. And I think what I feel the Lord saying to us is like, listen, the battle is raging. Mm-hmm. The people are swinging their swords. Mm. Arrows are being shot. We, we see that in Ephesians 6. You know, we, we, we do not fight against flesh and blood. We put on the full armor of God. That's what this is. Ta- battle is raging. But mm. so often we aren't even like we're in the battlefield and we are digging in the dirt or like picking our nose and doing these kind of. Yeah. Going through the motions. It's of, like the yeah. Christian. Uh, it's it's a believer who hasn't yet weaned, been weaned off of milk into actual like substance and meat yeah. yet. And so what I'm talking about here. And so if you're struggling in your marriage. um. Just know that that it, that that struggle isn't. Um, what am I trying to say? Isn't without purpose. I think there's. Yeah. Uh, we I've heard the saying too that conflict can lead to intimacy, and so I don't think we can be afraid of conflict. But with conflict, there has to be repentance. And if so, if there's yes. unrepentant sin, uh, it is going to be. I think more difficult and it's not going to be an easy or joyful or it's going to be way more of a burden to like bring people in. You're going to feel much more of, ugh, we have to do this. We should do this. We're not being good Christians if we don't do this or some kind of voice like that. So again, it's, it's an attitude of the heart. Uh, how are we, you know, being repentant to one another as we're dealing with conflict and how are we allowing conflict to draw us closer to each other, closer to God, and also drawing others in because I think through our conflict or through things that we've suffered through, we can share and hopefully, you know, be that light or also just be someone that comes around them and prays for them and and ministers to them and feeds them uh, because we know the lack that's there because of our own conflict maybe that we've dealt with. And so that's where I do want to make that clear that we're not just saying, hey, you're a Christian, right? So you need to do these things. Otherwise, you're not that. That's good. That's not what we're trying to say. But we are trying to say is we're trying to invite you into the wonder that it is to mm. truly be a, a, a herald of this message of the gospel. Like mm. Think about the profound nature of what Christ has done in the gospel. Mm. That is the message. It's the message of all messages. And mm-hmm. you, believer, have been brought into the fold of God. And if that yeah. reality is changing you, it changes your your the whole DNA of your your relationship, right. your household. And then we're saying, bring people in. Yeah. And that's just a wonderful thing to do. It's a natural outpouring of it. Um, I also I think that bringing others in, and this is going to lead us to our third point, uh, especially bringing others. So this third point is uh, bringing in the body of Christ and blessing the body of Christ. How can we, is our home a regular place of gathering and blessing for the body of Christ? Mm. And if so, how? And if not, how can you or we as a couple begin establishing that rhythm in our home? And I think the benefit to us, if we're within, if we're in conflict, 
we're trying to repent or trying we're repenting and we kind of are just there's kind of the struggle that just keeps nagging at us and there's and maybe there's some deep deep hurts and issues the beauty about bringing in the body of christ is that they will bless you as much as you're blessing them maybe you bless them with a meal but they're blessing your soul with ministry when Mm -hmm. they come over and so this is specifically talking about believers and about how we can minister and be ministered to in those situations. So is it a regular rhythm to have people over that are in the body of Christ, Hmm. that are pastors maybe, that are leaders, that are people that are on the front lines? You know, your parents came over for dinner the other night, um, and they were telling some stories. They were feeling nostalgic or something. They just kept going on and on. They would not stop telling stories. (laughs) It's not usually like them. They usually... (laughs) I don't know. They were just feeling, I don't know. They were just reminiscing. rapid fire. And Ryan's just sitting there like, (laughs) but it was sweet. Some of them I've heard. Some of them I hadn't heard. And I was trying to be engaged. I had some other things I was kind of distracted by that evening. It was really sweet. They brought up this thing called, that they used to do. So his dad was in seminary and then his mom worked, but they did, it was called pulpit supply. And I totally thought I was like, oh yeah, they supply pulpits, right? And things that go on the pulpit. I was joking because I knew that's not they're what it like, was. It was a like, facetious joke. They were like the blockbuster of pulpits. Yes. Would rent. Yes. Yeah. So no. they would, what What was it? So they would, small these small rural churches. So my parents. South Dakota. They Sorry, were in South Dakota yeah. at a seminary, a very rural farm mm-hmm. towns. So you get these churches with like, you know, five, 10, 15 people in the church and they don't have the ability to. Like they don't have a pastor and yeah. somebody hasn't been raised up or it doesn't feel, you know, called to lead that church. And so they had this, I guess it was an organization they had, it was called Pulpit Supply and they would take these budding seminary students who had signed up. It just feels so dangerous to me, <laughs> but I get well, I mean, it. They, it's they, one they, time. They line up doctrinally. So my right. dad was Baptist right. and so he'd go to, you know, he'd basically stay on like the Baptist Presbyterian sure. Lutheran Circuit. side of the aisle. <laughs> and so they would send him and they'd give him 50 bucks and he would... You know, if they liked him, they'd, they'd ask him to come back the next week. And it was a quick way for my parents to kind of do ministry, to yeah. get make their a little feet money, wet make with a little it. scratch while yeah. in seminary. Yeah, but they, one of the things that they said they always did was that they would always get invited to dinner at someone's home or someone would take them out. And uh, I think a funny story, I don't know that we have time for it, but somehow they ended up with at a, a person's house. That had a bowl in their living room. In their literal well, kitchen. Because in their kitchen, because the, it was so cold, their barn had blown over, and they needed this was their prize bowl that they used to, you know, to breed. To breed, and yeah. they, his parent, his parents were like, okay, like this is crazy and awesome. They're fixing food in the kitchen. There's a bowl, yeah, full grown bowl, like laying down, yeah, like, tied to the plumbing with the chain and its in its, its nose with the ring. Because they were supposed to go out to dinner. And they couldn't because the restaurant was closed. It closed. And so... Anyway, so they ended up... My dad... They ended up having dinner. And then my dad ended up helping with the barn raising. Uh-huh. Which, which he thought was so awesome. What a story. These This farm community in one day, right. all these men come together and they can, build a barn. They can only take one day off from yeah. their own farms. So that's, that's what you're talking about here, though. Yeah. Is loving others in the body of Christ. Yes. Bringing them into your your very life. Yeah. Your home is part of that. But bringing them into your very life and how fo- how your home is... In many ways, it's the it's it's um, it's ground zero. Yeah, it's embracing the awkward and yeah. and learning how to live out Christ's call for us. And so, for us as the Fredericks, you know, we do want to bless yeah. 
the pastors in our area that we know um, in our homeschool uh, community, we have a couple pastors and we try to be intentional about having them over for dinner and blessing them as a family uh, church and small group. We try to host those a couple times a month or once a month. I think we're on a rotation. And then, of course, yes, we have Sunday mornings here at church, which uh, <laughs> praise God for that. Right. But so, if you real quick, we're okay. hosting the men's group tonight and I sent out a text uh, to everyone. I said, men, you are hereby summoned all caps. <laughs> To come over for a group tonight at our house uh, featuring fresh tea and strumpets, courtesy of your mom, in all caps. <laughs> I'm trying to get, sometimes these guys can be lumps on logs. I'm trying to get them to, to show up in the text thread. He's really funny. <laughs> I think he's funny. Anyway, tea and strumpets. It's a yes. dumb and dumber quote. So have regular meetings, have regular meals for you to specifically be blessing the body of Christ mm. in some way. So... Quick recap, Christ is our sufficiency. We have nothing to fear. He is our sufficiency uh, in spiritually and uh, tangibly and literally. As believers, we can no longer sit on the sidelines. The home, our, the home is the front lines, like you said, where the gospel is presented and forged into society. It's not just a meal, it's a moment. Mm. So our, is our home a place that welcomes and invites uh, the stranger? Uh, and is our home a regular place of gathering for the body? I love it. I love it. Fierce listener, may your home mm. be blessed. I just, I, I love um, the benediction and stuff. In mm. cases like this, may, may uh, the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face to shine upon you and give you peace and, and those who enter your home. Mm. And may that, may that, those realities play themselves out in between the walls of your home. And may that true reality of the Lord blessing and keeping you play its play itself out in your the hearts of you as a husband and wife yeah. and may your home be blessed particularly now i'm dating this episode but as we head into the the holidays mm-hmm. remember the ministry that you are about and that, that it's not just about you your marriage is not just about you mm. the fierce marriage podcast is not just about making your marriage great it's about seeing the message of the gospel worked out in your life and lives of couples all around the world yeah. and by god's grace it will be done and he will have his glory i love it yeah so covers couples conversation challenge it's always a tongue twister there discuss uh these three questions or these three areas and pick one to work on i think over the next month uh maybe maybe you have small group right. at your house every week so maybe you think about how you can incorporate the stranger right love into it. that so love it why don't you pray us out and yeah lord thank you for uh your goodness for modeling mm. hospitality um for feeding the thousands and for feeding us for being uh our bread of life mm. our water of life uh, that you have so generously given yourself to us that we might live that we might know you lord i pray that uh, we would behold the the true depth of what it means to be fed by you, to be brought into your household as mm. a son of God. And I pray that that reality would then help us and compel us to be on mission together as a couple, as we bring others into our home, as we minister to one another, even in our marriage within our home. And Lord, may your eternal reality be our present truth mm. and may it drive us, may it govern us, and may we love others the way you have loved us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, as a quick reminder, our online learning platform is just getting started. We are we are filming this right now. Listener, you can't see it because obviously you're just listening. <laughs> um, because we are gearing up to keep 
content going for uh, the Fierce Marriage Podcast, the Fierce Parenting Podcast. That will be online mm. in short order, but also the online learning classes, which we do many learning courses within Gospel Centered Marriage. Mm-hmm. It's our online learning platform. So you want to get in there because I, I think it's going to be worth your while. Go to gospelcenteredmarriage.com and find a plan that works there. And I'm confident that it will bless you and it will bless those around you indefinitely. So this episode of the Fierce Marriage Podcast is in the can again in about seven days. Until then, stay fierce. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. For more resources for your marriage, please visit FierceMarriage.com or you can find us with our handle at Fierce Marriage on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. We hope it's blessed you. Take care.